0: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
1: How many of you have stayed up really late and watched TV and you've seen all these weird preachers promising you big houses, big cars, if you just pray, if you donate to a particular ministry? This episode of Inverse, we're going to look at what kind of theology is that? Is that biblical or even legit, stay tuned on Inverse. Hey, welcome to this episode of Inverse. We're so glad you decided to join us for this uh, wonderful quarter on stewardship. And we've talked a lot about principles on materialism last, last uh, episode. And now we're going to look at um, some really good verses on I see, I want, I take. That's, that's the episode's name. You've got to do that with that dramatic voice. <laughs> um, we will look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. And Siku, you can open us up a prayer and we'll ask uh, Jared to read it after.
0: Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you that you have given us your word. Um, we pray that we would be challenged as we read um, and that our lives would be transformed as a result. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Sure. May All right.
2: Yeah. Uh, Matthew 13, verse 22. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jared. So, Callie, can you give us some context, and uh, why are we starting with this first?
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, it's it's in the greater context of the parable of the sower. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus tells this parable about the Word of God falling on different kinds of soil, and different things happen to it. Mm-hmm. So, in verse 22, specifically, now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. So, he hears the word, that's good. But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word. Mm. So, it's not that the... The person dies right it's just there's no fruitfulness mm-hmm. because the cares of the deceitfulness of riches choke away the fruitfulness mm-hmm. So there's nothing left there so specifically for us right in stewardship we have this idea of the deceitfulness of riches so they're tricked about something about the mm-hmm. idea of riches in some way
1: mm-hmm. right, let me ask you guys what's what are some ways that riches money it, how are they deceitful what is I know we talked about a little bit last episode but um, how how do they deceive us? I think
3: us? one thing that is probably maybe the most obvious, <laughs> mm-hmm. but is that we think that that riches can buy happiness. Mm-hmm. So we think that if we have this, either this car or this amount of money, or just we achieve this kind of status, then we'll be happy. Then we'll be complete as people, mm-hmm. and that's deceitful because mm-hmm. that's not
1: true. Mm-hmm. And
0: and I mean Jesus uses just those words. He says a man's life doesn't consist mm-hmm. in the abundance of riches, right? So mm-hmm. so that's the deception is that you think that. Your value comes from certain things that Mm -hmm. you know you're going to attain to a certain status in how you're perceived or how you. And then you'll be awesome. Your worth, yeah. Mm -hmm. And riches. Can trick you into thinking that mm-hmm. because you, and, and I think it's because sometimes we look at people and we see people who are rich and that's how we perceive them.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we
0: give value to people based on their riches. So I think that if I had those riches, then I'd have that same value. So we
1: see that in others, and then we're trying to impart that. That's 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 deep because I think that's more of a real picture than a lot of people think they're actually in. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point too because when you look at other people, right, you're not them, so you don't actually know what they're going through. You just mm-hmm. see a fully Extra-ality. external picture. Yeah. And so we think, oh, I want that externality, so then I'll have the same internal picture but you don't realize
0: that it's really not that great. Yeah. That's why people get so surprised when they hear about you know Hollywood star or rich person committing mm-hmm. suicide or you know mm-hmm. doing all these things because you're like but what Your were they laughing? Yeah, you're like you—you yeah. you have fame, you have riches, you—you you have fame, you have wealth, all the things that I'm trying to get, <laughs> and why are you unhappy?
2: Yeah. But and social media has really, I think, exacerbated, exacerbated this, and created yeah. this. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So this kind at of exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <right, laughs> great, great minds think alike. But yeah, people present these very carefully and meticulously, like curated pictures of themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this this whole idea of the pursuit of pleasure, the pursuit of riches, the of that um, I think it was GK Chesterton the philosopher that the Christian philosopher that said that weariness or excuse me meaninglessness doesn't come from um, from uh, excessive pain but meaningless comes from um, excessive pain Pleasure in our lives. You can find mm-hmm. meaning in pain and suffering, mm-hmm. and the Bible says that. We've talked about that in, in, in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. But just to be have a have a, a life that's saturated with with pleasure, I mm-hmm. I think there's mm-hmm. it brings in things that lack of meaning. Yeah, lack of meaning and things that you don't you don't think suffering mm-hmm. can come about be because of. And, that. and you that. see this
1: like sociologically, all the worlds that are really do have a lot of money and are really developed, and you you'd think yeah when you get to a certain level, then you've achieved happiness yeah. and. But, you know, I mean, they have, uh, well, I'll say we, America, here, uh, the headquarters of the church, I mean, we got, not not the headquarters of the church, but in America, <laughs> Careful, we got a lot, of, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, yeah. a lot of mental illness, and not just um, internal things, but a lot of family issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the issues still remain. And a lot of them all. ask
3: those meaningless questions, like, what's the point? Like, mm-hmm. why am I doing this
0: anyways? Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to appreciate that Jared brought up social media, because mm-hmm. I think that's huge, and, and it it points this this idea of riches is not just in terms of financial wealth but even our our view of uh, the ideal family the ideal life you know i remember just before um, starting a family and having kids, and I see on Facebook, and these little children are always so happy, and they have yeah. these cute pictures, and, yeah. and they're like, I'm just like, oh, it will be so awesome. And then you have children, and it's and it's not like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're they're ugly, all, and they're not. They're cute they're Monsters, screaming, screaming, Do you want to talk about it. You talk to us Oh, about my it. children are cute. <laughs> my <laughs> children are are the perfect. But picture nobody, nobody,
0: nobody shows that picture on Facebook, right? right? Yeah. And and so you're. Aspiring to, and something Non-reality. that it's a, it's it's the deception of mm-hmm. that it's not even real, yeah. you know. And yeah. so it, it's this promise of you know this is what an ideal family would look, but yeah. it's not even the ideal.
1: Yeah, and you I have think, the lust of the eyes thing going on that we talked about last 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 episode. Now let's one one. one um, Interesting thing, interesting thing about this, 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 uh, this ground here mm-hmm. is the other two, the, the plant has died, the seed has died. Right. But here it says in verse 22, this thing is choking, meaning it's still not alive. dead yet. It's still alive. Mm-hmm. It's on the verge of death. Yeah. And I think this is a very great indication for all of us that, yeah, we, ha- we have a lot of wealth, we have a lot of riches. Mm-hmm. We may be still spiritually alive, but we're, we're just struggling. barely on my And strand. we're
0: unfruitful. Mm-hmm.
1: Siku,
3: yeah. And and bearing no fruit.
1: And no, no fruit, which is what yeah. Jesus is trying to get and at. And I think
3: just that idea that Siku was saying about like social media, mm-hmm. of trying to keep up, it's impossible to be fruitful and try to keep up with a non-reality at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's like that effort is taking everything out of you and you're slowly dying. Mm-hmm. And so that's what chokes away mm-hmm. the fruitfulness. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, are you guys getting this this is a very powerful point that this is the role of religion and spirituality. We need an external organization institute a, a, a sphere to be critical of the world and to pick at the illusions of the world and that's what Jesus came on to this earth to really teach saying hey you got this world thing and there's these huge flaws that eat away at your being yeah mm-hmm. um, let's go to second uh, Corinthians chapter 8. And second Corinthians chapter eight really goes against what I was mentioning in the teaser of this episode. Second Corinthians if you can find second Corinthians. <laughs> I think it's after first Corinthians, right? Yep. yep.
3: yep. Chapter I eight
1: is after chapter seven. I think in my translation, I concur, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, chapter 8. And, uh, when, and this is the danger that, that really, I think, I mean, I know we're a TV show here. And there's a lot of TV shows out there. There's a lot of, of gospel preachers out there. Not all of them, but there are some big names. And then they take the deceitfulness of riches and take spirituality and then they combine them. And let's see what the Bible has to say about this this pattern of giving. Uh, Let's start from verse one. And um, Jared, can we from verse one onwards? Yeah, chapter eight, verse one to verse. um, I don't know. Whenever you want to, verse one. Moreover, (laughs) brethren,
2: we make known to you that a the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Okay,
1: let's put a pause on there. We're going to read the rest of the, the passage, but up to that point, verse verse five, Paul can kind of go a little bit eloquent, and sometimes <laughs> I zone out. So verse up to, up to verse uh, verse One. four. Let's let's. What are some some nuggets there? Chicken veggie nuggets that we can get out.
3: Of here? <laughs> so I think the first thing there is that they're they're giving out of their poverty. Okay. So these Macedonians, they're not just giving like, oh, I have extra things, but even in their poverty, they're still giving abundantly.
1: Mm-hmm. This is sacrificial giving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, anything else mm-hmm. that you see in, in that passage? So they're giving to the churches in Macedonia, that in great, great I um, think trial. also
3: in verse 3, they were three. they were freely willing. Uh-huh. So it's, again, like it's just a kind of giving. So it's sacrificial, it's abundant, and it's it's free. They don't feel obligated, like, oh, we got to give this guy again. Mm-hmm. It's like, we actually really want to do this. And they mm-hmm. see it as something they desire mm-hmm. to do. So but-
2: just in contrasting these, these two scriptures, we're looking at Matthew chapter 13, and it mm-hmm. talked about, the deceitfulness of riches, and we could really say, I think, misplaced desire mm-hmm. for something that's unattainable, strangulating the spirituality, and that not bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. These people are sacrificing, and they are bearing fruit. That mm-hmm. fruit is the character of Jesus mm-hmm. in our life as the Holy Spirit works that out, mm-hmm. and their self-sacrificing
1: liberality is is reflecting that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's deep, Jared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I. I, in line with you, I'm, 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 my my eyes are gravitating towards deep poverty. So these these people aren't poor. I mean, they're like, like super poor. Dirt, super poor. Yeah. Spit, spit. they're they're de- they're in need spit themselves. Yeah,
2: yeah. But you know, I I've seen this time and time again. I I remember working, um, in a Western American city. There were a handful of, um, refugees. Um, from the Middle East, resettled in that city. I happened to be studying th- the language that they spoke, so we're in their home. Um, we had a little daughter at that time. We, we, we spent some time in their home, and it was amazing their willingness to give to us. These are people who lost everything mm. under threat of terrorism. They still had the notes that the terrorists left on their door threatening to kill them. They had physical injuries, and they fled to another country and eventually came to the United States um, where they Started a whole new life with absolutely nothing, and their generosity that they poured into our family was incredibly humbling to us. Mm-hmm. So we've 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 seen this mm-hmm. um, and, and experienced it.
0: And here's a contrast in verse two that verse in great two. great trial of affliction, abundance of joy, mm-hmm. abundance of joy in the face of deep poverty. You know, so it's it's this contrast between I think what Jared is saying that you know even when you're in poverty, somehow when you when you can give even when out of that poverty you find something to give, there's a joy that comes with it. I'm reminded of a story, um, I don't know if you heard of Corrie Ten Boom, mm. um, and she talks about when she was growing up that they weren't really rich, she found out later, because as a child, her mother would always make food and take it to the poor people. Mm. Mm. And so she grew up not, not knowing that they poor were poor. People. Because we're helping the poor. Yeah, because oh. they were helping poor people. Mm-hmm. And as she, when she got older and she looked at their financial situation <laughs> and how she grew up, she was like, wait a minute, we were poor people. <laughs> but, 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 are you but kidding? You, yeah, but you don't realize when, when, you're, when even from your poverty, mm-hmm. you find something to give to somebody else, that actually brings a joy into your life. Mm-hmm. And you, you stop thinking about how poor and how miserable your own life is. It's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say, I have a story you're for... Th- in, you're
1: you're going to breathe out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, I can relate to that,
3: and even not just in a... Um in like a monetary way, Mm -hmm. but I remember in high school, by senior year of high school, one of my best friends, um, he died in a motorcycle accident a month before Mm -hmm. we walked for Mm -hmm. graduation. And I just remember my friends and I, we just fell into this really deep depression and I couldn't get out of it. And so I was just suffering through the exams in school and just don't feel like doing anything. And one of my mentors, she finally said to me one day, you know, Callie, you need to do something nice for someone else. And I thought that was the most insensitive thing she could say. Like, don't you see that I'm suffering? Why would you tell me to do that? Right. But I did, because she's my mentor. So I went home, and I wrote nice letters to a bunch of people and helped them. And that was the way I started healing. And I think it was just that focus of not on myself. Other people were suffering in this way. Mm. And I was able to shift the focus, as was saying, away from myself mm. and to better other people who are suffering too.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're in the middle of Second Corinthians here. My friends have really shared some good stories. Join us after the break. We're going to read the second half Hey, welcome back. We're going to read the second half of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And Cal, i going to pick up from verse 5. Yes, verse yep. 5.
3: And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well, but as you abound in everything, in faith, and speech, and knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also.
1: Okay, so that's the second half there of this passage. And what's what's some meat that we can get out of there? In verse, Paul is really concentrated, so we want to take it each, each <laughs> strand at a time. Yeah. Jared? Yeah,
2: in verse 5, he's, he's basically pointing out the fact that they gave themselves to God first, mm-hmm. right? They dedicated themselves to Him, and that means that everything that they possessed was under his ownership. So as the spirit moves and touches them, then they say, even though you know we're in deep poverty, right? we we have something to give and share and contribute. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think
3: there's one practical point I just want to take from that that just really speaks to me here is I think you know sometimes we talk about not giving at all. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm personally overwhelmed by all the things that are to give to. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'm a teacher, so I'm not making the most amount of money in the world. So I have all these needs all over the world. But it's like, OK, I get overwhelmed with all the choices. So let me just not do anything. Mm-hmm. But the point here, I think, is that they gave themselves to God first, and then God Great said, point. "Give to them, give to this, give to these people this ministry." So our responsibility isn't to fix every leaking thing in the world or to fix every issue, mm. but our our responsibility is to give ourselves to God and then say, "God, these are all the things I have. What do you want me to do now?" Mm-hmm. And God. So will it, use it, us we there. shouldn't
1: give for giving's sake, yeah. Right. I mean, there's so many people asking, 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 and then I think if some of a, a lot of Christians per se may mm-hmm. have that, you know, the tender, harder person they want to give all and all and all and they feel that burden on themselves what you're saying yeah. is it's really the lord's burden yeah, and right. he places that burden on individual mm-hmm. things and
3: we need to be careful or, or like, maybe
1: none of those things and something else yep. yeah
3: like are we giving just to make ourselves feel good yeah or are we giving because god has called us to give yeah so we need to give to those places because yeah. that's what will make the lasting impact
1: mm
0: mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Something sure. else is that Paul's not writing to one person, he's mm-hmm. speaking to a people group here. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. taking individual responsibility, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't take any responsibility, <laughs> but realizing that God is speaking to other people too, mm-hmm. and I can give what little I have um, to here and there, mm-hmm. and that other people are going to contribute, and God ultimately is the one who carries mm-hmm. the burden and the responsibility. He does it not just through me, but He does it through mm-hmm. His people everywhere.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. and I. I just want to say I appreciated to the in verse five we talked about they gave themselves to the Lord first, um, but then he also says and then to us, by the will of God, mm-hmm. that it wasn't just stuff they were giving, mm. but they were giving of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and I think. It's, maybe sometimes when you when you have stuff, sometimes you can get tempted to just give your stuff yeah, yeah. and not yeah, and not give yourself to people. You know, mm-hmm. like give of your of your of your time, mm-hmm. give of your of your affections. Like not just, you just say throw um,
1: money at things, yeah, and, and, take and it, projects. yeah, and not yeah. just
0: say I'm gonna pray for you, but you actually pray for someone. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. so that's, they that's gave consistent. themselves. <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: you know, I'm overwhelmed at this short little passage. I mean, these guys were really good at giving. They were no, and they they gave they they gave themselves to God. I mean, everything's consecrated. Everything's they just did it really well, and they were some podunk small little church in the middle <laughs> of nowhere, yeah. and they're being you know like um, praised for that. Yeah, yeah? contrast this to kind of what you did, but today, yeah. I mean, we have all these organizations. Everything on social media, GoFundMe, you know, social uh, (laughs) Facebook, you know, whatever causes there are, and and what what how how do we juxtapose the two? What are some principles we can get from this ancient small little church, and how can we apply it to today? Oh, oh. secret?
0: <laughs> exactly. I, I wanted to point to to the motivation that Paul speaks of. In the verses we haven't read those verses, this is eight and nine. Eight and
1: nine. Okay. Um, where
0: he says, I speak not by commandment, but I am test um, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that mm-hmm. though he was rich, mm-hmm. yet for your sakes he became poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you through his poverty might be made rich. Mm-hmm. Um, that the reason that they are this kind of a people is because Jesus is that kind of a Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and he's he's the kind of Jesus who divested of himself mm-hmm. for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes That's what, the model. Yeah, yeah. So so what Jesus. what is too great for me to give when Jesus gave all? Yeah, so absolutely. even when I give out of my poverty I still remain with a loaf of bread, but Jesus gave everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so so when that when that is the model that you're comparing with, then I mean, really, no, nothing is too much to give when God gave everything, and God is in Him all things consist. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, So I was going to say after that is verse seven. So he says, but as you abound in everything and faith and speech and knowledge all these great things, see that you abound in this grace also. And so, I mean, he's talking about faith and knowledge and all diligence and love, but he's putting generosity Mm -hmm. and giving on like the same level as those things. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's easy to, as he was saying, it's not just like giving, here's five bucks because I can spare five bucks or here's this amount of time because I can spare it, but like giving of yourself Mm -hmm. and that is on the same level as faith and love. Mm -hmm. so it's not just something like oh yeah you know be like giving every once in a while but develop this as much as you're trying to develop your faith develop your generosity as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. in god
1: i think there's a profound point here in verse 7 kind of uh, piggybacking on your point yeah. here verse 7 that you no verse 6 that he would also complete this grace in you as well yeah. he's linking grace with giving mm-hmm. you know and this and then going back to our model jesus jesus is the model of I mean, we talk about, we we live in a grace society, grace, 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 grace. And often we think of grace as you can do whatever you want and grace will cover whatever you've done. And that's how awesome God is. And he is to, in in the right context, that is true. You know, that we love the Lord for that. But he's also here saying we need to embrace the grace of God and divesting ourselves Mm -hmm. into all things. Um, in,
2: in, in that giving away, we also receive, and we kind of are broaching this subject okay. of pro- the prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I'm faithful, I'm going to have a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in this principle, as, as, as we read the story of the church in Macedonia, like, like giving, they're, they're giving. And in that, they're proving themselves as trustworthy. Mm-hmm. and responsible stewards that God can say I'm going to give you more not for you not for your comfort not for your own blessing but so that you can be a channel of my blessings mm-hmm. and that's really the purpose of the grace of God is I experience it mm-hmm. it should flow out of my life and, and touch other people mm-hmm. so I think that's um, probably the, the, the proper way, if yeah. I could say that, of, of
1: looking yeah. at this idea. No, as you're talking, it's making me think of my motives when I give. Like, the externality of it may actually look the same, yeah. but is it out of out of greed? And I think that there's an inherent, and, and no, we can't judge, but right. there is an inherent, like, oh, I'm giving this to the Lord but yeah. I'm expecting something back. Mm-hmm. You know? and I th- I and think, what is that? Yeah.
3: I think also in verse 4 it says, so they're imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift. So like, they they see it as a privilege to give. Like, please, please take this gift from me. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I really want to do. And it just reminds me of a funny little story of my, my youngest brother when he was like five. My great-grandfather, he gave all this money all the time. But again, my little brother was five. But he gave him $50. Well, and so my <laughs> my dad said, now. what do you say? And my youngest brother said, Offering, this oh. is for offering because that was his conception. We get money to give, and mm. like that was just such a beautiful lesson of I got all this money, but I'm not gonna give it for myself. Mm. It's to give back to God. Mm. Mm. Awesome,
1: mm. awesome. Let's go to Matthew chapter uh, twenty-six, and let's look at the motive. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking about motives here, and Callie's brother's motive was pure. <laughs> Wasn't it so uh, sweet? Was, was yeah. heaven's <laughs> origin. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are we going? Matthew. I'm going to Matthew. Um, twenty-six. What verse? 26. In verse 14 okay. and 15 and 16. And Siku, can you read that for us?
0: Okay, 14 to 16. Mm-hmm. Then one of the 12, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. So from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So let's look at here. Um, <laughs> put it put it in regular words. What's going on, Judas? What's going internally here? And and and, and bridge this for us. Jared.
2: Judas is trying to cash in on the basically the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, so Jesus and him, they're at tension. We don't have to go into the whole story, but he's going to betray Jesus. He's going to turn him over. And why not? You know, he's he's going to line his pockets mm-hmm. in the process. Mm-hmm. And we know char- character wise that Judas. Um, was oh he was dipping into the purse anyway, so oh, yeah. he has this character flaw, and it's it's gone mm-hmm. full blown here. Kelly,
3: mm-hmm. I was gonna say just a
2: principle.
1: You didn't look towards just, me, it's You have a really <laughs> have, important I have point to say, is, yes, yes. <laughs>
3: um, I just the principle that that keeps coming to my mind when I read these verses is that like paradoxically, mm-hmm. so greediness makes you value things less. Hmm. Mm because right Jesus is the sun Jesus say it one more time okay. that's,
1: that's a tweetable thing greediness,
3: greediness makes you value greediness. things greediness
1: isn't that just greed greed, greed. Greed. Yes,
3: I'm the English Greedy. teacher here. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. Greed. <laughs> greed. Greed. Anyways, I hope my students are watching. So, greed <laughs> makes you value things less. Yeah, greed greed makes, makes you value things out. less. Because you see, Jesus is being valued here as a slave. Mm. That's the price of a slave. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Judas could at least make be like, okay, three slaves' prices. Because, I mean, he's a son of God and he's a really good guy. But it's like, no, like, I just want money. So, slaves' price, whatever, fine. Yeah. Just give me that.
1: He sold out cheap.
3: Like, his desire for money just cheaper. it made you value something That's, amazing this,
1: does this happen today yes does this happened today in <laughs> churches do people sell out jesus for 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 slave slaves wages if that will
2: you can uh, sell out jesus for a pack of cigarettes yeah. five bucks yeah. and i think
0: I, I think um i'm thinking about uh callie's point that she just made about greed making you value things less value people value people less yeah less um no. i think it it actually, there's this materialism and, and wanting of stuff and, and thinking that stuff gives you value, actually makes you value yourself less. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it, it, it presents the, sorry to go back to the deceitfulness of riches that, that we read at the beginning. Like mm-hmm. the, one of the deception is that riches actually give value, but they don't. Oh. They don't yeah. give value, and and when when you're thinking that way, you actually remove the value, the intrinsic value that God has placed in something, mm-hmm. and in this case, the value of the Son of God Himself.
3: Yeah. yeah,
0: you know, and ultimately, that's that's what we end up devaluing is is the value that God has put in things. Absolutely. we devalue God, mm-hmm. and I think like that even goes further in um, Isaiah 56:11. It
3: starts out. I'll just read the first two lines. It yeah. just says, "Yes, they are." 56 verse 11. Okay. Yes, they are greedy dogs which never have enough. Mm. So this idea of greed, not greediness, <laughs> is you just can't be satisfied. You can yeah. never have enough. So what would have been enough for Judas? Mm. What would have been enough for him? But only Jesus can really be enough for us.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This episode has really opened my heart and really been exposing what are the motives behind what we do. And greed is a lot, lot bigger part of us than, than we think and in our society that um, there are some spiritual entities out there that sell out for Jesus, sell out Jesus for, for greed's sake. I hope you've been sobered by our conversation. I know I have. I know my panelists have. And my natural inclination is I, I want to live in this greed. But the answer is we need Jesus to get rid of this for us, Jesus' character to be reproduced in us. That's my prayer. Hopefully that's yours. Thank you so much for joining us at Inverse. We'll see you next week.
0: You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Daco, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.